The Way Out Podcast, episode 340. Hey, man, what's your name? Hey, Jason. Uh, my, I'm Will House, uh, founder of Obert. Good to see you. Yeah, you too, brother. I'm excited to have you here. Will, what was your uh, substance of choice or DOC? Primarily alcohol. Alcohol, yeah. And what is your recovery date, if you keep track? Well, it's interesting. Uh, my, my actual date would be um, December 23rd of uh, 2020, although I kind of entered into recovery in October of 2016. So, um, okay. you know, I, I get in trouble for using the 2016 date. <laughs> really? Because, no, yeah, that you know, some people are strict about that, right? And, and I understand that, yeah. you know, so I think it's a two-part response. I mean, uh, many people do, you know, unfortunately have to go through the relapse and in some cases, multiple relapses. I had a couple um, and for whatever reason, it was necessary to get me to the place I'm at now or the place I reached in 2020 that was the end of the road for engaging in those behaviors. So um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> a two-part no. answer to a simple question. Similarly, <laughs> similarly, man, I, I hang on tight to the date March 6th, 2016, because that was the day of my meth-induced psychosis. That mm. was my last time sticking a needle in my arm or touching any uh, pills or weed. Uh, I did not put the alcohol down, though, however, until the following July, the day before my birthday, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that was my last time I had a drink was the day before my birthday. Wow. And so I didn't plan on resetting my clean date to, you know, my birthday, but now my clean day is my birthday. It's just weird how- That's nice, actually. Yeah, you know how that worked out. And it's, to your point, I mean, I, I'm very proud of March 6th, 2016. It was a pivotal moment in my life. It was when I made the decision, right? And 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 started, like truly started the journey, right? So I feel you, man, I feel you. Uh, don't let anybody talk down on the importance of that date. Next one is how do you serve your recovery community? <laughs> a couple of ways. Um, so obviously, um, one of the kind of primary ways is through our uh, mobile app, which is a incentive based healthy habit formation app that's really intended to help individuals to find their way to a more sustainable, healthy lifestyle and ideally to get away from engaging in, you know, harmful substances and behaviors and just things that are hurtful for, for them and their families. So the app is as I said, called Obrit. It's available on iOS and Android. We've been um, live since uh, October 2021. Um, and uh, it's really a place, It's the, the platform itself is free to anybody to download and, and use. There is a premium version, which there is a small fee, and, um, but we want to make it available. It's a place where people can come and track their daily habits and um, earn rewards coins in exchange for that and it's available anytime obviously so it's really a good way of people keeping themselves accountable for their daily actions really 
and there's some cool content on there you know this jason you know some cool video content and things so we're really trying to help inform people and help them to kind of keep on track with their daily practice and then the, the second part is um, we have uh, a program called Become by Oberit. Uh, you're a part of that, Jason, which, you know, I love the fact that you're uh, now part of, it, part of that group. Um, it was a program started by Joe Booth, who, you know, I, he was on Way Out Podcast as a guest a couple of weeks ago, I think, and just a great guy. And um, he started the program uh, in 2020. And it's quite a neat story. Um, I uh, he, he reached out to me at that time and you know, told me, hey, I've got this program, it's neuroscience based, it's all about, you know, reprogramming your mindset and building, you know, these healthy habits, you might like it. I, I started doing it daily and, and it, it changed my life, frankly. And uh, ever since then, you know, I haven't looked back. And uh, so we, we acquired the program and Joe um, <laughs> uh, last July. And um, and yeah, no, so, so we kind of have this, uh, two-part program where there's the mobile app and there's the kind of program which has weekly groups, masterclasses, guided meditations, um, on-demand video content, um, there's a, a downloadable um, field journal, and habit tracker, and a bunch of other um, bonus content. So mm. we're trying to do everything we can and we're trying to partner with as many um, you know, companies and brands that we believe are doing good things for the community and and just for humanity at large, really, and you know, trying to build those those partnerships, and it, it does take time, but um, it's a big it's a big thing. It's a huge cause and something that needs you know everyone who's part of it, including you, Jason. You know, you do a great job, and it takes all of us to kind of work together to to help people to get through this. So, yeah. Yeah, amen, man. Thank you too, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, you. You guys, the app is great. the The program is great. Uh, you know, it's. Thank you. I love you guys, and I'm super grateful that you guys. You know, higher power, baby, just the God bring people into your life, and I, I feel like that was the deal with you guys too. So, um, and we'll talk more about that later. But finally, to close out the introduction section here, what what does recovery mean to you? It means a better life mm. and I didn't rehearse that but that's <laughs> <laughs> it just it just came in um, yeah it's a pretty simple thing when you think about it but that's what it that's what it really truly means mm. yeah and that's a thought-provoking statement you know it's so open-ended it's and it's it touches every aspect right of your life so i mean to those of us who are seeking it to those of us who are looking for it or or just you know stumbling through the beginning stages of that or even to those of us who have been in recovery for some time and it's it just raises a lot of thought and introspection just just that simple statement you know it means a better life because what does that look like what could that look like right welcome way out faithful and first timers to this week's installment of the way out podcast we appreciate your ears our mission is simple to bring you powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics so you can jumpstart or re-energize your recovery from alcoholism 
and addiction. The Way Out podcast does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. The Way Out podcast is a proud supporter of Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check us out on the web at www.wayoutcast.com. There you can subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes first on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Help us recover out loud by giving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your voice matters, so share your thoughts on recovery with us by calling us at 218-382-1960 or leaving a message with us on the Anchor app, available for Android and Apple. Someone, somewhere, needs to hear your share. Listen up, everyone. Certified and professional recovery coaching is now available by going to wayoutcast.com and then clicking on Recovery Coaching. We want to help you and those you know who want help in building a strong, rewarding, and enduring recovery. Let our recovery experience and training enhance and strengthen your recovery by visiting wayoutcast.com and then clicking on Recovery Coaching. Finally, a word of caution, this podcast may contain strong language and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. I'm Charlie, and in this rendition of The Way Out, co-host extraordinaire Jason had the distinct pleasure of talking with Will House, the creator of the Oberit app. Oberit is an app where wellness and recovery are rewarded Earn for doing consistently healthy actions and build the fundamental habits you need to be your best self. The app uses simple neuroscience techniques designed to better manage stress, anxiety, and unhealthy addictive behaviors in a rewarding and motivating way. It also features the Become program video lessons, which are full of great practical tools you can use in your recovery. We learn all about Oberit and get to know Will on a personal level. So listen up. Hey, everybody. What's up? It's Jason, your trusty co-host here. Uh, I hope you all are well. I have a really special guest with me this week, uh, Will House. What's up, Will? What's up, Jason? Thanks for having me. Good to be yeah. here. Hell yeah. Welcome. Welcome. I'm stoked, bro. I'm stoked to get to know a little bit more about you in this chat. I'm stoked to share um, some more about the Oberit app specifically and the Become program. We did just have Joe Booth on recently, so we talked at pretty great length about the program itself and, and the the whole process of him creating that it was pretty fascinating actually and i loved the humility you know he said 
it wasn't me. It was, you know, he drew off other wells and that how do we recover? Right. We do it together. And same thing. If you want to make positive change in this world, if you want to add something of value to the stream of life, you can't do it alone. And even if you could, it wouldn't be as effective. You need community. You need more than one mind in that. And yeah, but now we get to kind of turn at you and look at Will because Will is the man. Okay, you guys, I got this. This was crazy. You know, everybody that listens to this show, and if you haven't, then welcome. But I've I just recently in the last couple of years started getting involved with this, uh, the Voices Project, which is uh, part of the Mobilized Recovery uh movement and it's it's a nationwide and it's it's like they throw conferences every year and you get to learn a lot uh, of really valuable information and they get you pumped man they teach you skills on how to organize your communities and in that uh they had i think it was 2022 uh the summer before that one maybe or maybe it was 2021 i don't know it's been a while since i met you guys but i got a text from mobilize recovery that said you know try this new app over it you know for free for a year the premium version and then they threw me the link and i signed up and yeah you mentioned in the intro it's a incentivized uh the app is like helps you develop healthy daily habits, but it gives you incentive because you earn like reward points that you can spend on wellness products in a different part of the app. And so I would, and then it was like giving you double points or something every day because of that trial thing. So I was in it and I was going on it every day, setting my intention, finding my gratitude, all that stuff uh, that you do on the app. And, uh, will it, I ended up winning like one of the prizes or something. They had like the giveaway going on for people that had the most points. So that's how I met Will. And then we did a Zoom call. It was supposed to be like 20 minutes. He just wanted some feedback on the app. And we went, God, for like an hour and a half, hour and a half, I think we talked. Me and you and uh, I can't remember his name, the developer guy. Jack or, or was it Jack, Jim, Joe? They're all Jays. I just realized. Jason, it's Jack, funny. Jim, Joe. <laughs> is the dude that's like building the the app and whatnot for you. So it's, it was. There are a like few people. Yeah, there, there are a few involved. It, it was probably um, Jack. Yeah, it might have been Jack. So now that you say that, I think you're right. But anyway, so we talked for way longer than we were supposed to. It was awesome. Uh, We connected and we started to, you know, do this program together. I mean, I I do have Bible studies Mondays, so I don't go every week, but I join when I can. And it's always a great time, great group. I've actually been able to refer a guy to you guys that just did a master class. That was, they made quick work of that. And I knew they would because him and Joe are like copesthetic on their views. But, you know, it's just cool to be able to network like that, you know, and time just gets away from you, right? We're talking recovery. We're talking about the benefits of that app and what it can do. 
dude, 20 minute meeting turned into like an hour and something. And it was no problem at all. I, I had a great time talking to you guys. And after that, we're friends now. You're family, bro. Thank so you, with bro. that Likewise. being said, yeah. that's my little introduction to Will. And, and you guys see so you got a little backstory on how we connected. Uh, but yeah, Will, I'm going to give you the floor. Uh, we typically like to start with some like just family origin and stuff. Like what was it like for you growing up? Yeah, thanks, Jason. Um, yes, sir. I'll try to keep it uh, relatively short. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a fairly like male-oriented environment, very competitive sports, kind of crazy type of thing. Um, two older brothers, and um, you know, had had a had a pretty good upbringing for the most part. Um, you know, we looking back i just i just remember you know the sports and um generally uh it, it was a good time um we you know were fortunate enough to to have a pretty good education my um father worked and, and mother they both worked you know really really hard um to uh to put us through a decent school and things and um you know always grateful for that um you know and 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 it's sort of inspires me uh now you know to to really keep driven and focused and motivated and um you know no matter what uh to 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 keep going and, and never stop and um so yeah no it was generally good I had a lot of you know close friends just normal guy stuff um and uh yeah no I, I think that's really kind of the most uh the most I can say about it really um fairly normal um the one thing i would say is it relates to um i guess what we're talking about you know being the youngest i got exposed to sort of you know the the, the drinking and and party kind of lifestyle very early probably you know around eight years old is probably the earliest i, I remember um being around you know drinking and things like that and it was just you know very normal back then and um you know i probably had my first drink around 12 but it, it didn't really take hold i wouldn't say until kind of like college um where things kind of really accelerated um you know because uh throughout my school life really kind of sports came first um and so yeah. it you know it didn't really lend itself to that kind of lifestyle but uh but yeah, you know, when I look back, mostly they're good memories. Um, what I do realize is that, um, and I've said this a lot, um, that oftentimes, you know, you, you learn a lot of the people that you're around and the environment you're in and uh, and the culture that you grow up in. And so, you know, you you over time, you kind of develop these certain beliefs and habits and behaviors. Um, and they can help you or they can hinder you and i found later on in in my life that it got to a point where those those uh you know things that i had ingrained in me deep you know from a young age uh didn't serve me anymore and i sort of knew that but um didn't address it um properly until you know like i said before 2016 when I kind of started this recovery journey and um and you know we'll get into this more i think but 
you know, the recovery journey, it, it truly is a journey and it, it does take work and it's hard and it's brutal because you have to look at all these things and you have to really understand what these, you know, uh, potentially negative traits are that have been kind of ingrained in you for so long that you actually thought was normal, mm. uh, you know, and you have to then go and unravel that. And then you have to look at your friendships. <laughs> then you have to look at your business dealings. And then you have to just look, look at your own attitude, your own mindset, everything, literally. I mean, I think in um, in in AA, they talk about, you know, digging up the the past is like kind of uprooting kind of old dead plants in, in your backyard, right? And and then kind yeah. of planting, you know, planting fresh, you know, nice new plants in their place. And and it's that's not the best analogy. I probably just completely butchered that. But you know no, you Charles get- Charles loves the um it's it's like the other guy that hosts the show. He he loves the story. I think it's like an old kind of like uh Chinese proverb or something where it talks about, you know, you take the dying tree out of this mangled, messed up uh landscape and you put it into a lush uh, healthy soil and landscape and it, it comes back to life and thrives. And then you take that thriving tree, uproot it and put it back in that other environment and it just starts to die again. You know, I, yeah. I, like you said, I butchered the story, I'm sure, but <laughs> it's like, that's a, uh, it's, it's so true. You know, environment's big. Environment is one of the things that you need to address. Cause we only have, as we learn, as we begin this process, so little control. We literally can't control anyone or anything, but we can control our own behavior and we can control our environment. So like you better choose wisely on the little bit that you can try to control. Yeah, but he, he, and exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, I I don't attend AA uh, meetings, you know, uh, any longer uh, on a regular basis. But what I do do is uh, the serenity prayer every day, which is exactly about that, is about there are things you can't control, things you can control. And then you, yeah. because you're clear and you're sober in mind, you have the wisdom and the ability to make better choices um, to, to, you know, to, to drive a better life and a better outcome. And I, I really think that is just such a good prayer and a good reminder. So I, right. I do that daily. And it just, um, it's an important thing to recognize. The other thing is, um, I kind of touched on it, but, you know, when you're, when you're using whatever the substance is, you, you end up kind of, going and seeking out and creating an environment and creating relationships with people and places mm. that serve the, the the craving or the 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 kind of the demon that you're trying to feed if that mm. makes sense so what happens is you end up having this group of people around you uh these thoughts and then these places all of which only serve that one purpose, right? Because that's really what happens with in in an addiction really is like that just becomes the all-consuming, all-driving factor. 
And um, yeah, so it, it's like when you eliminate that, you go to the core and you eliminate that, you uproot the tree. The, uh, the process of sort of like taking out all the rotten roots around it mm. is, uh, is, is, takes time and it's hard. Yeah. You know, you know, I think so, that uh, was my biggest stumbling block for me personally in my early recovery was the people, places and things like, cause I yeah. felt like I was turning my back on them or like I was a traitor or shitty friend right. or whatever, but really, you know, nobody ever told me that, you know, yes, you have to get change your people, places and things, but they never emphasize that you have to replace them with something else. Like you can't just remove all this stuff from your life and not feel a void, right? You need to, you know, replace it with healthy habits and (laughs) healthy people and healthy places. It's like, you kept reminding me what you've been talking about so far. I kept having that saying go through my mind that, you know, in recovery, you only got to change one thing and that's everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so true. And and that's overwhelming. That's, that's what I think for many people and definitely for me was so hard. Um, yeah. I remember my, my oldest brother, he's, been in recovery he's a big aa um guy and he's i think 14 years he's eight eight years older than i am and you know so he's been through it for a while and, and i remember when he said to me I, I was still i was still full full steam on my kind of bullshit lifestyle and and he said to me you know one of the hardest things was kind of looking at my in his in his closet and looking at all these clothes and stuff right and he said, I remember looking at it and thinking, who is this guy? Um, does that make sense? Like he was literally, he, and I had a similar thing when I started where I looked at even the, the clothes I was wearing and I was thinking, like, that's just basically this person that has been kind of manufactured to be this person that is like the guy that goes out and parties and you know yeah. all of that right it's it's it sounds really ridiculous but it's it's really true mm-hmm. and it's even down to that level where you realize like you know okay who who is that person and now who am i becoming and that's sort of where that become name comes from and, and it's like a big question and it's a really hard one mm-hmm. to figure out i'm still figuring it out yeah. sounds ridiculous you know, I turned 40, uh, 40 years old like, at the end of last year. And I'm still, you know, now in the process of like really rebuilding that, um, you know, and it, it's it's wild, isn't it? It is. It's wild to think about. Yeah. but Me know, too, brother. You know, you're not, a, it's a lifelong journey. <laughs> and every yeah. time I think I'm doing pretty good, there's a light shown on something that I need to work on. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. You know, I got to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So when it sounded like you had a pretty good, uh, healthy, you know, childhood for the most part, you know, good family environment and stuff. Uh, so what, you know, when what brought you into the hardcore party and or when did it start getting out of control? What did what did that look like for you? Um, yeah, I, I think it was, uh, college really was, 
when it took off, um, you know, big time. Uh, a lot of the athletes that I talk to have that where it's like they were so focused on sports. And then at some point, the party and finally kind of started to take precedence over. Yeah, the, the, the sports stopped right completely. I left school. Um, the school I went to, you know, I, I was kind of I was captain of the the uh, I'm from the UK. So forgive me for this. I might need to, like, translate this. Um <laughs> So I, I was captain of rugby teams, which is American football, basically all the way through school. Captain of cricket teams, which is basically baseball, all the way through school. Uh, I played squash, which is basically racquetball, um, <laughs> as well. And and so I was like just so into that. We did drink after games and stuff on the weekends, but there was no drinking during the week. On school holidays, we did, but you know, it's like. But you were like the crazy. Bo Jackson of the UK. <laughs> you know who Bo Jackson is? Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to say yeah, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know who he is. Well, everyone's gonna log off this if I say no, so I'm gonna say <laughs> yeah. Of course, I know who he is. Of course, I know Bo. Oh, right on, right on. Way back. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like multi-talented man. Lots of irons in the fire. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, didn't mean to derail know. you. Didn't mean to derail your thoughts. No, I, well, yeah, it, it's weird because I got to college and it was like that just stopped completely. And, and so it's just, and now, now I'm just thinking as you're saying that. Um, and it's kind of strange how it's a great example of, of you know, you, you remove this thing that's kept you kind of in a really good place mm-hmm. and replace it with something that's not, a healthy activity uh look what happens and so right yeah it's it's weird because i was always like i was always really against um drugs and stuff it's it's really strange like i love drinking and stuff but you know one of my buddies one of my best buddies he you know he was smoking weed and stuff and I, it really kind of bothered me at school i remember that and i, I gave him a really hard time which kind of just makes me laugh now when i think about it yeah the amount of drug taking I got involved in. I mean, Jesus, it's like kind of wild to think that how that could very easily change. Mm-hmm. Strange. Um, so, uh, yeah, but college was weird. I mean, literally what happened is I, I went back to um, the college that was from my hometown. So I sort of re-engaged with my old buddies um, who were a little different to the ones that I had been at school with. They were my early school friends, but they were kind of uh, um I don't know I don't really know the right way to say this because I, I you know they're great, great lads. I you know, I keep in touch with them. Um, but like for a good time constantly. And you know, they were all mad on sports and going out and music and and women and all of this, right? And so it was just, you know, it's just like kind of the wrong group but the right group if you know what i mean it was a lot of fun so we we just we just kind of went after it for for a couple of years and i just my first year at college i just blew off everything i mean i i went to i think uh i think i set the record i, I went to like two hours of lectures in, a, in an entire semester wow <laughs> and the guy the guy that ran the thing 
contacted me and he was like, um, your attendance is uh, ridiculously low. And I was just like, oh, yeah, next semester I'll fix it. You know, so, it, yeah, it was just I, I just kind of completely abandoned uh, the uh, the lifestyle I'd had before. And just, you know, it was almost like I was living this like fantasy land lifestyle and I was loving it. Honestly, it was just it was a phenomenal time, really, just the most fun ever, Jason. Like, and it's funny because my mother always said to me, I said to her many times, like, what was the best time of your life? And she used to say all the time when she was 19. Mm. Uh, and I was like, what, before you met my dad, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I kind of like, I never really understood it. And then and when I went to college, I kind of realized, because if you ask me, when was like, actually probably not college it probably got better i would say like from college through my 20s was like just you know phenomenal really great time which it always uh, is though you know like people get you yeah. you you try these things and it's like yes and i mean that it's not addictive because it sucks you know but then nobody tells you that the stuff's going to the way it affects you is going to change or it's going to stop working or you know you're going to become so physically dependent, you get ill or whatever the case may be for, you know, what that looks like for the individual. Right. It's like, nobody warns you about that stuff. They're just no. like, Oh, this will make you feel better. Let's have a good time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's, I always used to just think, wow, why didn't anybody ever tell me, you know, especially with the shit I was doing, because I was sticking needles in my arm when I was 15. So it's like, come on, bro. Like nobody ever bothered to say it, but why would they, I guess? But I look back on it now and it's like, you think these people are your friends and they're not being like a hundred percent, you know, they're just trying to get you hooked probably so they can have a repeat customer, a new one, another one, whatever. But yeah, so you were, you, if you started that rough in college, how did, did you finish college? Did you go through the whole hall? You know what, what changed things was um, after my, so the course itself was, it was like, it's called a, a four year sandwich course, which basically means for, for business. So it was two years college third year was like an internship paid internship doing something um and then your final year was like really kind of focusing on dissertation and, and graduating and so and then in, into employment so um that third year was what completely changed it for me um i kind of got very very fortunate in that regard um with with timing and you know basically we we had to apply for these like you know internships and i like everything else i just blew it off right mm -hmm. and so i missed all the application deadlines like literally uh and then someone reached out to me i can't remember who it was probably my tutor or something and said hey you know how are you doing with this you, you know have you got anything lined up and i was like yeah i probably should get on that <laughs> <laughs> um and so I, I I started applying and the thing was, Jason, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Didn't have a clue. Right. So I thought I wanted to do marketing. Right. Just, you know, just kind of randomly seemed like 
kind of maybe it was a maybe it was something that I might be quite good at. Turns out I'm not very good at marketing. In fact, I'm fairly horrendous at marketing. But anyway, back then I thought, <laughs> oh yeah, maybe I could do that. And so I applied to a bunch of those and didn't really go anywhere. Um and yeah, I um IBM released this job for they basically filled all their positions, but then this job came up in London and there were like 10 positions or something. Uh, and it was, it just popped up and I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that looks interesting. So I applied to that. Anyway, long story short, I got that somehow, you know, landed that, um, went down there, did the interviews and yeah, it just, all of a sudden I was like kind of motivated again um and that 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 was huge i mean that there completely transformed kind of the direction of my life um you know living and working in down in london i wasn't getting paid much um so that meant that i couldn't you know go too overboard with the kind of party stuff um you know i was drinking quite a bit but you know, not nothing too uh, untoward, uh, I would say. Um, but the experience itself was amazing. I mean, I I, I got um, teamed up with my boss was like in his late twenties, just one of the smartest people I've ever worked with, and he's now you know got a very senior job at a huge tech company in in Europe. Uh, I learned a ton from him, and um, I teamed up with a guy who uh had been through the graduate program and he was now kind of in the software you know business and doing sales and and he was just making you know amazing money and i just remember you know i couldn't believe how much money was was he was making and, and i was helping him and i was like you know what i can do this uh and it was sort of like that that moment where i was i just became like all about that. I was like, wow, you know, it was like that light bulb thing where by doing it, by seeing it, by being part of it, um, I kind of realized, you know what, this is what I want to do because I can do this. I know I can do this. I know I can do it well and I can probably make a ton of money and I can live whatever life I want to live. So that was it. It just, it was an amazing experience that completely changed my direction. I went back to um, college it was weird because I got back to college and all my friends were now taking doing coke, which they hadn't been doing before. So that was really weird. Um, I don't know. I don't know why that happened. I don't know what led to that shift. It's really strange. But, but I remember thinking, "Wow, this is weird." Because you know how it is, right? Drinking people that go out and drink and stuff is a totally different environment to people that go out, drink for a bit, and then they're doing blow all night, right? It's a completely different (laughs) experience. So, and I hadn't engaged in that too much, but, you know, that kind of started to creep in a little bit, but, you know, couldn't afford it. It's an expensive habit, that one. So didn't really, didn't really kick in for me at that point. Um, but, you know, so I focused all in on this, you know, getting getting my degree. I got accepted into HP's graduate program uh, based on getting a certain grade. So I just I just focused on that. And I found a bit of, you know, stability again and 
you know yeah i was going out but not nothing like before um and then yeah and then that was it and i, I packed off you know down to london um and i would say like uh, and i'll this will be my final park so i've gone i've gone long on this one but it's all right <laughs> where it really where it really like kicked in again jason and and it's kind of i've thought about this a lot but um you know at the time i was living with my my partner we we got together in college we were together for in the end we were together for like seven or eight years i actually asked her to marry me back in uh I don't know. Can't even remember. I think it was like 2009 or something. And um, so we lived together. She liked to drink and go out and stuff and have a good time. So, so it was kind of, we were having a lot of fun. But but I do remember that the thing that changed for sure down there uh, was probably in like my second year in London. And I made, um, I started doing well. I started making money um, and like quite a lot in bonuses and things and and basically that just opened up this like whole new door of of like you know everything uh and then all this like bad stuff came along with it you know um so yeah let's just call it the lifestyle um the city lifestyle just really started to take off at that point well, right, because yeah. now it's no you no longer even have that hindrance of like, oh, you know, I got to be kind of responsible with, you know, a good steward of the little bit that I have. So that's out of the question for me. Now it's kind of like you when you have except abundance, you know, then you you're like, oh, yeah, you know, money's not an issue anymore. I can do that. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um you know, and it wasn't just me. I mean, I was kind of, again, like following the crowd a little bit, you know, at that time, you know, we're going back to uh, probably like 2007-ish. And so it was a great time. Uh, HP was doing very well at that time. You know, I was in the kind of financial software business. So it was just, it's just a great time. And my mentors were amazing. Uh, you know, I learned an incredible amount from them, even things that today I just, use these these kind of like approaches and methods and tools that these guys took time to to help me understand about business and doing deals and things a long time ago mm. um but the, but you know but there was also this like darker side you know and and we had the we had expense accounts and it was just it's just a a really interesting kind of thing and, and i hadn't seen that you know where i grew up was quite a remote place you know up, up north right and this all of a sudden you're in this in london which is basically like new york kind of yeah. um maybe a little less crazy and less fast but it's similar you know cities like that they're all the same really at the end of the day that you can always find trouble doesn't matter what time of day it is right or or it will find you uh and so yeah it just you know it's interesting the, the money meant that um as you sort of said i didn't have to think about you know oh if 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 one of my mates wanted to get you know some some blow i I didn't have to think about it i just you know chuck chuck a couple hundred down or something and and they go and get it and and we just you know have a big night and you know that's kind of it's yeah 
it's kind of weird <laughs> to think about really but that's where it you know and, and i started to get distant from from my partner i i, I remember and you know it just it it's hard to explain it, but I know you understand this because I'm sure you've been through this, but it just started to like, my life started going off in a whole different direction to her. And, mm-hmm. you know, needless to say, we ended up um, separating after seven or eight years because I think I was just on this whole different trajectory and path and she just wasn't part of it. And I think I was just pursuing this it's like a lifestyle I was pursuing. It's weird. I, mm-hmm. Does that make sense when I say that? I, I often I use that phrase a lot now. I th- I feel like it's, uh, you know, like looking back at my own experience that, and, and I couldn't have recognized it for this then, but it's very self-centered. Like the direction you were going was like self-serving. You know, yeah. now you think about it, man. It's like now you have this monkey to feed, right? And yeah. your ego to feed. And, and, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, you're really valuing that, that rush, that euphoria, maybe those connections, those relationships and that, in that sphere of your life. So it's like you, you want to devote so much of yourself to that and not, no longer is it that important to have quality time with the girlfriend, right? <laughs> so I don't know. It's just weird to your point. Like, and then, or you could have a relationship that's completely centered around orgasms and drugs, and then those get insane too. Those, oh, get, that's for sure. Yeah, those get absolutely, yeah, those get absolutely insane. So, I mean, better or worse? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, maybe it's for the best that she wasn't part of that, you know, because I don't know about you, man, but I know a lot of people that aren't with us anymore or never made it out of that life. And some of them were people that, you know, maybe had turned on to the drugs and, and now, you know, like they couldn't recognize it when it got too bad or needed to stop. Yeah. One, one of my friends, um, Louis, uh, he passed away. He was 27 and uh, he was part of that group that I used to hang out with at college. And he, he was a big part of that group. And, and um, he was, um, you know, he was sort of like a, how I mentioned about how things changed um, in that short period of time when I was away in London in, in a year, it just, you know, these harder drugs started creeping in. And um, I think, unfortunately, he sort of fell victim to that. Um, and, uh, yeah, he that, that was a jolt. That was a big jolt for us, all of us. Uh, but, uh, you know, because 27 is young and, and he, yeah, yeah. he had, you know, he had a lot of life. Uh, yeah, it was just one of those really. And, and there, were, there were others, you know, but he was like the main one that really, you know, was a close friend uh just sad yeah it's yeah. rough i know i've been i've had to go through it so many times and, and it's crazy because now that i'm in recovery i swear it's like way worse but i think i was just so self-absorbed in my addictions that i wasn't really like 
present for life or the world around me, you know, like I wasn't connected to the community or whatever, but it's like, now I just feel like, you know, you get touched by death and tragedy so much more being in recovery um, because I'm present and I'm, you know, and the fact that, you know, we, I'm staying connected to those communities of people, you know, the newcomers, uh, they need us, you know, and, and so it's like, you know, you see it all around you, but, you know, it's all the more reason why it's so important to learn, uh, these basic, you know, what other people would consider basic life skills that we learn, you know, through programs such as become such as, you know, even 12 steps or any, any pathway of recovery, really, it's a, it's like these moral principles that you learn how to live your life by. And it just, you know, helps you, it changes your perspective. And Jason, why, why did, and you mentioned this before, why were we not introduced to these principles earlier in life? Right. This is what I have a problem with. Right. And, and right. I think there, are, you know, why, why is this not built into the education system? Mm. Um, that's a I good think it's point. important because it's really not right. Like, you know, don't taste the wrong way, but how is um, chemistry, for example, right? That does not serve me knowing about a periodic table today doesn't serve me any purpose whatsoever in my life. It never has. Right. right, right. Um, you know, I got no desire to pursue a, a career of uh, manufacturing like chemicals or something like that. So it just it doesn't serve me. And, and if you did, so if you did, you would be required per your job to do continued education throughout the years. You know, you would always be keeping up on the latest information. And yes. So, uh, you know, if, if it's your job, you're going to get that education uh, exactly. hand over fist, right. All the time. <laughs> I just don't understand, you know, why these types of things aren't taught instead of some subjects that really are not, that relevant to a, to the majority right whereas yeah anyway yeah go on no i was just gonna say i feel like that's a really good point because when you first brought up the question my my brain immediately went to like you know nurture right like at home like parents yeah. or or whatever and uh but then you kind of took it to that space where it's like you know in the you know school you know like yeah that would be sweet like that seems like something that i don't you know and i feel like i got my finger on the pulse pretty good of like what's going on in the recovery advocacy movement and the changes that people are trying to make but i honestly can't say that i think i've even heard of anybody that's trying to really push for that specifically that's a great idea man that's a really great idea I love it. I think it's needed. Yeah, it is. It's, but you know, same with financial education, Jason, right? Right. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. So, you know, why is that? Why are we not taught how to build credit and the importance of health, credit health? Yeah. I mean, literally, the important credit allows you to to do things in your life um, that basically are impossible if you have bad credit. And I've seen both sides. 
Yeah. You know, my journey took me into horrific credit. I'm still rebuilding my way out of it. Joe, you know, he had, um, well, he wouldn't mind me saying this. He, he had a bankruptcy. And so he had, he's had, he spent seven or eight years rebuilding himself. Right. And only now he's able to go and, and start, you know, looking at buying his own, you know, land and building his own house. And, uh, you know, it's super exciting for him. And, uh, we were just talking about the other day, you know, he's got these really amazing plans up there in Montana and, you know, like, but, you know, it's taken him so long to rebuild that because you're not, we're not taught these things. Right. You know, I, I gotta agree with you. I mean, it's just like with the, you know, the recovery kind of principles that we were, you know, talking about, like when I, uh, finally started my financial journey which was it's been a few years now it's been life-changing dude like oh i I don't think i ever in my life had more than a thousand dollars in the bank you know like it's been a couple years you're probably you're you're probably you know in a better spot than most people in the u.s if you look at the current reports even with a thousand bucks believe it or not that's how scary it is right what do they say? Like two thirds of people. That's weird that you said that. Cause they were just talking about this in church this morning over two, like two thirds of the American population is living paycheck to paycheck. Is yeah, what he said. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm not anymore. Cause that's all I ever did. That's all I ever did. And I yeah, didn't no, understand. Don't you, like, don't you feel so kind of good about that though? You know? Yeah. And I didn't understand how people can like, make ends meet with this wage or that amount of hours or even, you know, whatever. Is it just like my money was like pissing in the wind, man. It was just all over. And I don't know. But then again, I, you know, at one point I've had like eight monkeys to feed on my back. I was like, I got to have this for when I wake up and I got to have this for when I go to bed and I got to have this from trying to get laid <laughs> and make me seem cooler (laughs) you know it's like all these different substances i was like a walking drugstore man and oh yeah it's just crazy it's like that scene in um uh, wolf of wall street right where he's like describing his like cocktail he has in the morning to get going oh god yeah yeah and and then uh, the one where he's like dry it shows the version where he drove the car and it was all good. And then yeah. it shows reality and it's like, Oh yeah. And it's shit. up to the, yeah. <laughs> that movie was what crazy. Great, so. What a great movie. I mean, he, he's, uh, I don't love the guy by any means, but, uh, he's sober now, you know, he, he learned his lesson for sure. Hell yeah. So I, I wanted to, uh, just real quick, you might have touched on it already. If you did, just you know, bring that to light because I, I couldn't really tell. But I just want to kind of quickly hear about like what the bottom or the catalyst moment, that aha moment that you knew you needed to change, and uh, and then a little bit about like how you pursued that, like what worked for you to help you recover. Yeah, on. so I thought I was at the bottom, and um, you know. At the start of the journey, 2016, um, and uh, it, it just wasn't. That was the beginning, frankly. Um, yeah. I'll skip through, you know, most of this, right? But what what I'll say is this: um, when you get to a point where you're 
um, day drinking, right? Like, and by day drinking, I don't mean like lunchtime. Okay, I'm talking about like you're doing, um, yeah, uh, you you're doing like um, vodka in your coffee at 5 a.m. Right, and when I say vodka and coffee, right, I'm talking about in a hotel room because I've been kicked out by my partner, and I was filling up the water reservoir in the coffee machine in the hotel room with vodka. Right, like that's Holy the shit. level I was at. And by the way, gross. I was like, <laughs> that sounds know, disgusting. Fucking terrible, terrible. Ugh. Ugh. But it, but it was at a point then where you know, and I was working all day, Jason, all day, right you know, on calls and doing, so. I, I don't know how I did it, but I was probably, oh, who knows? Anyway, um, mm. that didn't last that long though in reality, right? Eventually like that came to, came to a head and I got, you know, I think there are two parts of this, right? And I'll, you know, kind of point them out, right? The, the first part was um, I moved from, I lived in New York after London, had had an epic time. It was just phenomenal. Um, I moved from uh, my, my VP of sales convinced me to move out to San Francisco and help him build out the sales team and offered me this kind of really nice package. So I thought, you know what? It's probably time. I moved out to San Francisco and I, I found it. I was trying to live the New York lifestyle in San Francisco. It doesn't work, right? It just doesn't. There's not really much of a club scene, first of all, right? New York, it's all about that. You know, you go out late, you stay out late, you, you know, you party hard, you you go, you go to go home, you get up and you go to work and you work your ass off all day. And and you just repeat. And you can do it because the energy is so so big there, the, the opportunity is so massive, the money is everywhere. It's just like everything's amazing. So it's just you, you do it and you enjoy doing it. It's weird. Nowhere else in the world is that possible, I don't think. Uh, I got. I love New York, as you can probably tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like best city I've ever lived. Um, and yeah, so out here it was just. I remember this feeling of sort of like not feeling fulfilled because I wasn't getting that same feeling. Mm. Um, and people were, you know, I had a group of group of buddies, but they had in some cases, wives, kids, whatever. So, so they weren't looking for that that kind of thing that I was looking for. And obviously searching for something that doesn't exist is always going to be, an, you know, unfulfilling. Right. So, so what did I do? I tried to fill the void. How did I do that? Just drinking, you know, alone. If no one else was around at the end of the night, I would go home, drink, get, get in, you know, the blow and stuff. And next thing you know, you know, it's like five in the morning. I'm like, trying to sleep staring at the ceiling just like oh you know buzzed up to the max and i'm in the shower at seven and in the office at eight and i'm probably all like thinking that i'm like coming across cool and i'm really not Um, (laughs) amazingly you know i had like an amazing year the first year i got here uh, 18 months which just blows my mind uh i was top performer in the company landed some you know big uh, uh contracts and things but you know um there wasn't the day drinking wasn't in effect at that point but the night times were just like full tilt and most of the time on my own and i realized then that this is a problem this isn't right and you know you, you get on what was happening is i was getting on the phone and calling my mates in new york and stuff and 
in in london and they were probably just sick of me like blowing them up and all like <laughs> kind of charged up and chatting shit <laughs> so i don't know it just it, it was just like ridiculous jason honestly um and uh and then like i think the thing that really sent things in a bad direction after that was um i unfortunately i got a, a dui mm. and uh basically that was on the back of breaking up i so so i got sober right i moved out of the city over towards the coast to move in with this girl that I'd met who I thought was pretty cool. She's like a hippie kind of vibe. And I thought, oh, well, that's a good idea. You know, they call it an AA geographical. This is a classic geographical, right? So I moved over there. I thought, well, that's going to fix my life for sure, right? I'm over there. She's got a couple of rescue pit bulls and uh, she's like kind of cool vibe and we're by the ocean. It's going to be great. But like, you know, six months later, it just wasn't. And, um, I was kind of struggling with everything. And then, um, uh, yeah, just I picked up this. I got in an accident and I was over the limit and I got booked in and, you know, all of that crap. And and that whole legal thing, it just put me down this horrific spiral because, you know, you end up in a situation where they're all over you and, and they just want to punish the shit out of you and yeah um you know i think drink driving is is a shocker right and i'm like firmly against it now because now i recognize how dangerous it can be and there are innocent people that get impacted and killed in some cases and so i'm yeah very much against that um and i recognize that that was just a hideous mistake i I didn't the weird thing is that i wasn't i know people that drink drive constantly right and, and i wasn't one of those people uh, I really didn't ever. Um, and just on this one occasion, I'd ended up going to. So again, right. You know, what was involved alcohol and a female, right. Always a bad <laughs> Those are, those are two dangerous things for me, Jason, uh, yeah. or used to be. So yes, sir. Um, <laughs> that's trouble, isn't it? I can relate. <laughs> so yeah, that, that whole thing experience there just sort of like, put me into this weird spiral and I'll tell you what it did you know once you get it's a sad um fact of of life but once you get this um something on your record like a DUI um it it causes a problem with employment and especially Mm -hmm. the field of work that I was in and what happened is that I actually ended up having this um situation where I would they, they ran the background. They, you know, I was terminated for that. Um, it's, you know, because my job basically required travel um, for clients and things. And, you know, I didn't see it as a problem, but, and then it just impacted future uh, work as well. And I was, you know, tried to get employed. I got employed a couple of times and, and bear in mind, I'd had a very good run up to this point, but it didn't matter, right? These companies, they, they don't, they don't want to take on, um someone who's got a DUI there and so yeah I couldn't believe I you know that was like a big thing I, I had a hard time with that right and um yeah you know so that sort of triggered a bunch of, of stuff and heavy drinking and just like awful behavior depression just lashing out that's yeah, when the hopelessness like that hopelessness starts to set in and that yeah. kind of situation like fuck me nothing's what's the point (laughs) yeah yeah 
the fuck this mentality it's dangerous so totally. um yeah that was that but the the bottom uh, you said something in your intro that you may have told me this before but i didn't realize but the uh i didn't realize you've been through a psychosis event so oh, I new, numerous but the one was the the clincher one but i mean numerous i probably lived in that state off and on for a few years <laughs> oh god well dude i mean i i that was it for me that was um uh september of uh 2020 that happened to me i, I ended up in hospital i didn't know what the fuck was going on uh it was absolutely terrifying uh i spent like three days uh and this was mostly from you know, sleep deprivation and and stuff like that you know just it all just wore me down to the max um and probably just overuse of substances for such a long period of time and stimulants and things but yeah what a, a horrifying experience i mean uh, the way i describe it is like and i i wrote down everything that i could remember but it, i just you know it it was like it was like um a message a very vivid visual message an audible message too because i could hear things and see things and dude check this out right i was on the plane right i I basically departed the us i went to london dude i was on the plane and this fucking voice started happening okay and um and i was thinking like what what's that and you know it just went from there and it was uh just a unbelievable kind of period of time and i i remember that it felt like the underlying message was this is what hell is like and this is where you're gonna be if you don't fix this now and you don't stop this self-serving bullshit and if you don't like get your act together and apply your self to to helping others and to you know and that was it it's weird but that was the message and i got it loud and clear that's awesome uh and that would that's the end of it that's that was <sighs> the thing that did it so again a massively long answer but uh no, it was dude. really that experience that my, got me there my first like i don't know when i first started sharing my story like i didn't know you know it was hard to articulate, but I tried to, I don't know why, but I would hone in on the psychosis. So I would like really try to like verbally describe the whole thing to people. This like six, this like 16 hour psychosis <laughs> that I was in that last time it was, uh, but I, I feel like over time, over the years and all the different times I've shared it, I I kind of like was able to come up with kind of like a one like brief, concise statement that kind of encapsulates. And it, it, you kind of said something similar to it, uh, but it's basically that it was, well, it was the most terrifying experience I ever had in my life. It was like a tailor-made version of hell just for me. Oh, interesting. So you and it yeah, I haven't heard you say that. And it broke me, dude. Like 
to the core. I was making noises that day, bro, with that knife to my throat, and I was going to try to throw my body down on it, and I couldn't. I sounded like a dying animal or something. I never made noises like that before or since in my life. I mean, I've had some intense breakdowns. Yes, I've cried hard, hard, you know, snot, you know, Oprah ugly crying. I've done that lots of times, but this was different, man. This was like gut level, like every atom and synapse in my body firing at the same time, making weird writhing, like painful noises, dude. It was, it was like, I was possessed or something. It was fucking crazy. Uh, but yeah, that was my, my best way that I could like describe it without having to really try to describe it. Cause I always felt like I was losing people or it was just weird trying to describe it to people like in its entirety, yeah. but it's just, it was a tailor-made version of hell, man, just for me. And it was, yeah, that's amazing that you just, you describe it that way. I, I it was absolutely been, terrifying, dude. And that's exactly how I've been describing it to people when I, when I disclose it, cause I, I don't usually disclose it that often, but it's, uh, that is very interesting that you say that. And I do. Right? Wanna, I thought the same thing when you were saying it, I'm like, yes. <laughs> crazy yeah um, I, you know I, I don't i don't want to go through that and i don't wish that on on uh you know anyone like it's yeah, uh, not even my I worst mean, enemy dude yeah i mean in a way i i appreciate it because it was obviously a message i don't know who's who how it how it happened where it came from but all i know is it was needed to get me to like get to where I am now and to, to kind of stop the bullshit. And as brutal as it was, I made it through it. Um, thankfully, right. like you, you know, oh, but um, yeah. Uh, just one thing on that, Jason, actually just a quick one. Um, you know, I, uh, we, we've been, we work a bit with some of these um, psychedelic um, uh, companies and, you know, I, I, I find it really fascinating some of the work that's going on there. Uh, it's mostly around, you know, anxiety and trauma and things like that. And I think there's amazing results coming through. Mm-hmm. I think there are some studies starting to take place for addiction and, and ways of addressing that using these types of approaches, psilocybin and mm-hmm. these microdosing things. Um, a lot of people I mentioned this to, they immediately shut it down. They say, no, you know, it's like treating a substance with a substance and all this bullshit. And, and my um, feeling is, well, look, I, I, I attribute this, this breakdown, the psychosis event to, it's got to be similar. It felt to me like a trip, like an LSD trip, but a really yeah. bad one. But, you know, if, if you, if you take, if you have LSD, right, it does take you on a journey. Right. And it's, it's, it sends you a message, doesn't it? Right. It really said, cause it, it, some, somehow it gets your mind to open up on a level that normal people cannot open up that door. Right. They don't have that level of capacity. And I think there's phenomenal potential in having people have that experience that you and I have experienced, mm-hmm. but in a controlled fashion that's not dangerous to them. Because your situation could have got dangerous. Mine could yeah. too. But if it's in the environment that, you know, there are people around to sort of monitor it, 
I wanted to ask you, have you ever thought about that? And and do you, what do you think about that sort of whole uh, thing in general? And do you think yeah. there is, do you think like I do that there is tremendous potential in that? There's definitely potential there. I mean, if, if you can manufacture that type of uh, experience that's going to literally blow your mind and make you recoil from the lifestyle you've been immersed in for so long as if, you know, from a hot flame on a stove, you know, like, hell yeah but it's and and we've we've addressed it and uh kind of explored it with some different guests on the way out and on uh recovery revolution live as well we actually just had a couple guys on recovery revolution a couple weeks ago that uh they do some work around uh some stuff that where they use ketamine uh inject injecting ketamine and then you know but it's in a clinical setting you know like to your point you kind of have a guide uh and then ibogaine uh microdosing mushrooms psilocybin so there's there's you know but it's still in developmental stages so to your point that's that's kind of where i'm at with it it's like this could uh if people put their trust in the wrong person, be dangerous, but this also has tremendous potential if they can harness it correctly and, and, and methodically and meticulously, but that's, you know, everything starts there, right? Any pharmaceutical or anything really in life, even if it's just a, you know, procedures and practices type thing, uh, it all goes through development stage and they got to get the right recipe. They got to get the right. So it'll, it'll take time. And, you know, to your point, the, the legal aspects of it is going to probably be, you know, I would, I would not be surprised if like the only way that's ever going to change is from these rogue, these rogues that are doing this stuff, even though they know it's illegal and they're, building because you need long-term uh quantitative research for this kind of shit you know what i mean to really convince people or prove to people that it works and it's got to be obtained you know on the down low because it's not legal (laughs) so i don't know but yeah i i think it's interesting that's for sure and I yeah, think, I think it could be helpful for people. I know one girl that said she went down to Mexico eight years ago, had ibogaine treatment. She's been recovered from opiates since. Never had a desire to go back. Yeah, so yeah, there's there's something in it for sure. Um, I know that you know Joe, Joe and I both think that um, we, we're not a big fan of you know throwing medication at a substance problem. Right. Um, but this is you know, more of like a spiritual thing. That's what I think. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. It's 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 a it's a gateway to have that visual experience that exactly. will give you a strong message about where you're headed versus where you should be headed, right? And that that really is is my point. It's not about naltrexone. You know, I I tried naltrexone. I tried, and I didn't mention this, but 
I pretty much have tried every type of recovery out there, right? From rehab right the way through to Vivitrol, which is literally an injection of naltrexone straight in your ass. And none of it worked. I drank more than I think I've ever drank about two weeks into the Vivitrol treatment that you've mm-hmm. ever seen. And my partner was like amazed. She couldn't, she was like, how, how are you doing this? Like, how are you drinking at this level? Because Vivitrol is pretty hardcore and that stuff's, you know, it's a 30 day thing. Just sits there, you know, dissolving, basically. Mm. I just powered through that shit. (laughs) I mean, that's how crazy it was. That's how, that's how, (laughs) anyway. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah, horrible. Um, So I think the the point I'm kind of trying to get to is um, our approach is, and our belief is that at the end of the day, even if you do have a psychedelic treatment, let's say, uh, without the fundamentals in place, right, the core fundamentals, it's it's not going to fix the problem. It's like a Band-Aid approach. You're, you're replacing one substance with a new one, and that's not a long-term strategy, and that is absolutely not going to help you get your mind into a place where it needs to be. It's not going to get you spiritually aligned in the way that you need to be to be successful um so you know i think no matter what (laughs) you need the foundational blocks in place and it goes right the way back to what we talked about in the beginning which is the uprooting of, of of the tree and the eliminating of the toxins around you and you know that it, it comes back to that without that there's nothing there's nothing you're just built you're putting you're putting some other thing over the problem and the harsh reality of recovery is you have to face up to what you've done and what you know has happened and what is going on with you and until you're able to do that with full honesty and truth you never it's it's going to be a harder journey um you know and and it's it's incredibly hard but when you oh, say the that, secrets secrets keep us sick it grows in the dark it festers it grows it gets stronger in the dark but if we expose it to the light it shrinks it it kills it so you have yeah. to face it and when you face it it's you know shrinks <laughs> it's weird because you I don't know how many things I thought for many, many, many years were like, shit, I could never overcome. It's fucking impossible, man. And then <laughs> and then when I finally get the balls to stand up and say, no, I'm done living this way. I need to face this shit. It wasn't anywhere near as bad as I thought it would be. Like, no, I, I agree. compared to yeah. my own mental, like the the mountain I made it out to be, <laughs> it was yeah. like not. It was like a molehill, you know, kind of. I mean, it was still a tough process, obviously, but God, my brain had me convinced that I was trapped in that life, dude. Yeah. But that's yeah. the only fucking life I'm ever going to live. I'm never going to be nothing more than a junkie. I'm, you know, I'm never going to be father material. I'm never going to be able to keep a spouse happy or be like a family man or any of the things I fantasized about. You know, I didn't think that shit was for me. You know, I just I just came to accept it. Like, this is just me. Thank God. Thank God we can rewire our brains, right? Oh. 
Yes, thank God. To that. Yeah. Thank God, because I'm like, what the hell? But you know, when that's I- that's the huge thing, Jason, and that's you know what attracted me to Joe and to his program and his approach. It was so refreshing to hear someone say that. What you just said there, no one had said that before. All right. I'd heard before, and all I believed was that. Oh, your your brain's your brain's screwed. You're you're you know every everything you put in your body, it's it's destroyed all those brain cells. Right. No one ever said actually. There's a process called neuroplasticity, and there are techniques and there are things that are really quite simple. Anyone can understand it and do it. Um, that you can do each day, and you can actually rebuild and uh, and rewire that that whole entire process and no one said that right right no honestly you know where i first learned about neuroplasticity or any of that kind of stuff it was in therapy and the only reason i went to therapy was because of that experience that i had that had me so desperate i mean i I just like had the gift of desperation, man. And it did not feel like a gift, but it caused me to sign up for therapy and go twice a week. It caused me to, you know, sign up for anger management, sign up for parenting classes, face the music, like be honest with my boss, with my ex-wife, dude. I mean, some of that actually, I probably could have dialed back and not been as honest it probably would have like you know made it a little bit of an easier softer way but i just was all into that like expose those secrets these secrets got you all fucked up this dude told me so i took it to heart man and i just like (laughs) i i reached out and grabbed every possible outlet i could and in therapy was when the dude told me that you know resiliency is uh innate Uh, resiliency is an innate trait that all human beings have. We all have resiliency in our DNA. That means that we can bounce back from anything, no matter how low the depths seem to be. And, you know, and then he talked about that neuroplasticity and transcendence and all of those things that I've used to have so many pieces of paper, dude, he would print me shit off. Cause I'd be like, can you print me something about that? You know? And he, it would seem like every time I go to a session, he'd be giving me a bunch of pieces of paper and I had them all over my wall, dude. And I'd be reading them. And I just, I just got this thirst, man, from that experience. Like I needed to learn. It was awesome. <laughs> it was super awesome. Yeah. I think that's the key though. Um, you know, knowledge and, and, um, you know, informational content. Um, I think, you know, it's one of the things that um, that we want to, and we, we are going to be developing a lot in the app in particular. You know, we, we put in the video content that is really informational content, you know, short-ish, like medium length, 10 minutes max video content that's really you know, to, to learn, right? Why Why am I doing these things and how can I improve myself and what food should I be eating and how much sleep should I be getting and what are some techniques to get to sleep right because a lot of people struggle with that me included um it actually gets harder as as you as you're sober because your mind doesn't stop now 
you know? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't isn't that nuts? It's like. I'm not quieting it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. When Um, I first, when I first tried the app, that was like, I watched all those videos. The program used to be class five mind. And I actually remember when me and you had our zoom chat, the first time we talked, I thought you were the dude from the video and you were like, no, yeah, you were like, no, no, (laughs) this is funny, Uh, man, it's so funny now because I know you guys so good, but I didn't know you at all at that time, really. Uh, I just thought it was kind of badass that I had a chance to sit down and like that you wanted my feedback about it. And and I. Yeah, it was. We had an awesome conversation. Will it was awesome. I'm grateful that I met you guys. You, you, you guys. Your heart's in the right place, and you're really providing people with a good resource. And not only that, but that you're personally invested. All of you, every one of you attends those weekly become groups. Every one of you is working on something, and you're transparent about it. So if you guys are listening and you want to check it out, you're not just going to get the program. You're not just going to get that stuff. You're going to actually get to know these guys on a deep, intimate level. Like, and they're great guys, you know, and you said you don't do AA meetings, dude, but that's really, you're doing the exact same fucking thing, you know, except it's not, Oh, you have the floor and everybody else shut up. It's more conversational. It's more of an open based platform, sort of. I mean, you do have speakers and stuff. So every once in a while, everybody gets muted, but it's good shit. It's really good shit. And, it, and, you know, how many people do these things, try to put together these kind of things. And it's, it lacks that personal touch. Nobody can go, Hey, Will, man, thank you. Thank you. You know, and tell you what it means to you. Or like when you go to a church and the pastor's on a big screen because they have 20 campuses and the same pastor that lacks that personal touch. You know, like I can't even tell this dude why his message impacted me. No, you're not going to get that with this. You're going to get to know these dudes and, you know, walk this journey alongside them. And they, they got, you know, it is, it's, it's wonderful information and it's very convicting, honestly. You know, there's a lot of that shit you guys talk about. I still got to work on it ever since the first time I watched it on one of them videos or heard it in a conversation. It was like, yeah, yikes. You think about the microbiome and the second brain, you know, and you're, that's your gut. Yeah. Yeah. I still am like, I got to do something about that shit because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like self-sabotage 101, it seems like, or at least that's what I feel like now because I know the information, right? Uh, but anyway, that's, I that's, that's what it's about, Jason. And I think, um, you know, and and what, what I want to develop uh, in this kind of in, in the app is um, – Kind of, we started with the informational, but then we want to have the inspirational, which I think is what you're providing with with the Way Out podcast. And I think there's, you know, developments that you and I can make, and we can talk about this separately. But you know, I think there's ways in which we we want to have this place where people can come. It's a safe environment with similar people with similar mindsets that are trying to improve their lives or have improved their lives. Mm-hmm. And we want to be able to surface content that can help both understand and learn the techniques and, and the ways of, you know, improving things. Yeah. Like you say, you know, it's just an awareness thing, right? Now you're aware of 
the gut biome and how important that is into your overall health. It really starts in the gut. And if your gut health is off, the rest of your health is off. It's weird, but it's true. Yeah. If your mindset's off, your performance is going to be off. It's simple. Right. And so we focus on those things that, that are so core. And I think then if you layer on inspirational people's stories okay. on top of that, like what, what you're providing, I think that is just the one-two punch, you know? I think that's, for me, I think that's what helps people the most. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and also the thing I like about that is that they don't have to go and feel, especially early in, in recovery, they don't have to sit in a room um, and, and and feel like, I don't know, that, that, that pressure, you know, that kind of stigma problem, um, you know, and not saying that that's, sometimes that can be a good thing to have to go through that you know it's hard but it can be good mm-hmm. um uh but i think it's important to have this access to these types of tools so yeah it you know it's a safer experience when you're listening to someone share a story and you're hearing your story you're hearing about all of that hardship you know that but you get to experience that in it in the comfort of your own home or your own car uh, with nobody around and you can cry and you can laugh and not feel like self-conscious about how you're responding to this. And, and you can, you know, I always like to say this, I I can finally learn from other people's mistakes or their successes, you know, before, whether it was a success or a mistake you're sharing with me, it's like, get the fuck out of here. Like there ain't nothing wrong with me, you know? And now I'm like, even when I'm hearing some shit that's way crazier than anything I ever went through, I I will always remember they always say in the in uh, the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous they say yet they'll add yet on they'll be like because if you if you go up to somebody and say man I'm glad I never got that bad they'll just look at you and say yet <laughs> you know like if you want to go back out there and use again that's where it's gonna take you man. And instead of shunning those kinds of statements, I just took them to heart. And, you know, are they, will they manifest for me? You know, I could say, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But I think it's in my best interest if I just go ahead and take it at face value and believe what the fuck they say, because Mm -hmm. I am not trying to go back. And I do believe that one is too many. And if, you know, I have a choice with that first one. And after that, choice goes out the window and it's like I yeah. opened Pandora's box, you know? Yeah. Not down for that experience, bro. No, no. Same. same. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 absolute zero for me. But well, we gotta start to wrap this up, bro. Yeah. I'm excited as hell though. This has been an awesome conversation. This the closing's not gonna be any different, right? The closing's gonna be fucking mint uh these closing <laughs> the, these closing questions you ready buddy yeah yeah let's go <laughs> all right <laughs> so here at the way out podcast we think that uh daily routines are just vital for having a meaningful and sustainable recovery so will what does your regular recovery routine consist of 
Yeah. Um, so I get up early, first of all, um, unless I really need the sleep, but generally I, I do get up early. Um, it varies, uh, but usually, you know, five o'clock, sometimes six, but, um, and that's just because, you know, I, I live on the West coast, we're behind the rest of the country and, and around behind uh, the UK. So I like to kind of get up. And the first thing I do is, um, you know, <laughs> sounds ridiculous, but I put on my uh, workout gear, right? And the reason I do that, if I put on like, let's say I just get up in PJs and just go about my day, right? It doesn't, it doesn't put me in a mindset of, it, it means I've got another excuse to not go work out, right? right? Versus if I get straight into it, you know, and I put it out the night before, right? I put, because it's dark when I get up. So I, you know, and you get up early, Jason, right, to go and do jobs, right? So you understand yeah. this, right? If you don't have your gear ready, it's going to be a disaster in the morning. So, <laughs> Especially thing, if you know? you're as groggy of a bear as I am in the morning. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like no one wakes up in a great mood or in a great mindset, right? I just don't believe anyone does. So it's like, <laughs> make it easy on yourself. Come on. So, yeah, it's I, I get straight into that gear and – um you know, it's, I, I go, I, I kind of clean up the kitchen, which sounds weird, but it's just something I like to do. I like to make sure that everything is kind of, you know, there's a good environment um, mm. for, for me, for my partner to wake up into. You know, I think that's important to make sure there's no mess. I'll make the bed um, once she's got out of it. <laughs> you know, these small fundamental things, but I just do them, um, you know, it gets consistency um, into your life. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll go and I'll start, I'll journal a bit. I'll do, I'll go into the app and I'll do my daily intentions every single day. Um, and some days it, you know, I spend longer on it than, than others, depending on what, you know, what's going on in my, in my life. Um, but I'll do that without, without fail. Uh, one of the first things that I do get a cup of coffee, obviously. Um, and, uh, if the dog's up, I'll, I'll take him out for a pee. Uh, just all that stuff, right? But it starts with that. And then it's kind of like a journaling. Uh, what are the priorities I have to do today? Um, and not like a long list, just like, what do I want to achieve today that will move my life forward, even if it's one thing, right? And in the beginning of recovery, it could just be not drink, right? I'm not going to drink today. And that's one thing I can do today that can move my life forward. That's fine. Um, as time goes on, those priorities get bigger, your achievements get greater, and your general confidence and self-belief grows. Yeah. Then you start to manifest bigger things, and eventually bigger things will come, right? It's it's just, it's a fact. You've seen it. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Everybody talks about it. Um, and then, you know, I'll get a workout in. It doesn't, you know, I'll either run or um, if I don't run, I'll take the dog out every single day, sometimes twice a day, usually twice a day. He's a massive dog, so he needs a lot of exercise. Otherwise, he makes <laughs> my life miserable, literally. <laughs> so, um, and then it's, you know, it's it's into work uh, at that point, right? And I, I generally, you know, I, I work um, a lot from a lot of remote stuff. So nowadays, I, I, I like to do the kind of take a shower and get kind of ready. You know, I feel like that puts you in the right kind of frame of mind and, and puts you in the right, I don't put on a suit, right. But like 
my dad used to do that when he retired, he semi-retired and he used to go and put on a suit when he started working from home for his last two years and a tie. And my mother was like, what are you doing? Um, (laughs) But it's that thing, isn't it? Right. It's like, look, I'm going to put my best self forwards. And so it's really, it's really that Um, I focus on, you know, I'll have a a shake after I, I, I work out in the morning. I'll eat some, at the minute I'm eating, you know, kiwi fruits. They're amazing. I have one of those in the morning. I have a little bit of um, apple cider vinegar, which is a bit gross. A lot of people don't like that, but I, I like that because you know why, Jason? It's the the acid actually alkalizes your stomach. Mm. Um, some people will say that's not true, but it, I think it is. And so there are massive benefits of doing that. And so I I believe in it, so I do that. Um, and uh, yeah, throughout the day, just you know, get my work done, and then after work, it's it's about kind of you know, trying to set the boundary and trying to give time to my partner, um, you know, her her kid. Obviously, we've got animals, two rescue cats. We've got, you know, the dog, her, her mother's, you know, older. So it's really just making sure I'm able to be present to serve their needs. Um, I miss the, the prayer in the morning. I do that, you know, usually after a workout, I'll do kind of this, I do this like push up and plank and prayer. I just realized that's a, that's a three P. I quite like that. P three. Yes. Nice. Push up plank prayer. Yeah. And I, I go straight into that. So I do that daily now. Um so <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, if we have the program on Mondays, we do that. But that that's really, that's really it. You know, um, I try to like connect with people throughout the day and family and, you know, just to check in and, and see how things are going. But um well, a lot of elements there, but I think you really you nail, you hit the nail on the head when you just said it's that uh, gives you like some consistency and and some routine, you know, on the daily that you're you're always making sure you incorporate these different pieces into your day, uh, and you know, obviously when you're getting ready for bed and when you're getting up in the morning, probably the two biggest keys, right? Like. For sure. I, I mean, the, the morning is the key, right? And that's why I sort of basically after that, it's like the day's on. It, it just, it's on, right? Anything can happen. Oh, yeah. You got your workout gear on. It's time to go. Yeah, that's right. So, so if, you know, to, to get in the right mindset as early as possible, if I, if I sleep in, right, a little bit and I go straight into my day, it's it's never good, right? It's just mentally, I'm just not in the right place. Um, but just having that time in the morning to to get yourself like fired up, right? I I, I listen to a lot of those motivational videos. You see those, Jason? I send those yeah. out to the group every now and then. Just a little bit of that just yeah. gets you in that mindset, you know. And and before you play sport and stuff, you know, that's what you have to do. It's, it's the psych up, right? You get yourself mentally prepared. Um, and, and you get yourself kind of charged up a little bit. It doesn't mean you need to like go out and, you know, (laughs) be like totally, you know, fired up to the max, but it just gets you like, right, I can do this. I got this under control. Like, this is how I'm going to go about my day and I'm going to throw everything at this, right? I'm going to go all out because tomorrow I could literally get run over by a bus. So this is what I'm doing. Hell yeah. And I'd also, one other thing I got from that was that you're, now, you guys, he's from the UK, but you you have coffee, not tea, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm all about the coffee, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do I'm trying to do like matcha in the afternoon, right? <laughs> well, all I know is you're smashing stereotypes here, my friend. <laughs> I was like, what? No tea? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, that's funny. Well, yeah. next next question. What is a book or a piece of literature that has had the biggest impact on your life? Oh. <laughs> There's a few. Um I mean, um let's go with one. Let's just try to pick one choice. Okay, I'm Re- going with I'm choice. going I'm going with one that I read fairly recently, right? Um which is called um The One Thing. And it's by um I should have looked it up. It's the guy that um the Keller Williams um founder that wrote it. Um but it's 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 so good for understanding how to eliminate distractions from your life. And uh it's helped me tremendously. And um and so when you talk about prioritizing, which we do a lot, right? Your priorities mm-hmm. are so important, setting that and being focused on that and knowing what it is. Oftentimes people get overwhelmed from thinking they have to do a million things. I fall in this trap all the time, but you don't. When you actually like boil it down, you ask yourself, what is the one thing that I can do that by doing so will allow me to reach and attain whatever massive vision and goal it is that I'm trying to attain. And if you focus on that, of course, there are other things around it, but there's always one thing that's going to just transform your life. And if you focus on that, it's going it's, it, to, it, it helps you focus. It helps you eliminate distraction. It helps you get away from being overwhelmed. It helps get you away from these massive pages of to-do lists. Mm-hmm. And it's helped me tremendously. So like I said, there's many books, but that one there, I would highly recommend you. Sounds great. And we'll have that, you know, you guys that listen regularly already know if you don't, now you're going to about to find out. But I have all this stuff, uh, his book recommendation, his, his, you know, contact information, everything will be in the show notes. So make sure that you check the show notes out if you want to check into any of this uh, additional content. Uh Next question. What is the best piece of advice that you think you've ever received? It's weird that this is popping up. Um, I think maybe someone, I think I passed this on to someone and then they told me the other day that this really helped them. So I'll go with this. Um, so a mentor of mine early in my uh, career he said to me, you know, when you're thinking about what you want to do next, whether it's a job or place to live or whatever it is, you've got to think about, is that thing conducive to the life that you are trying to create? And when you think about that, it's kind of interesting because oftentimes we can get you know, sidetracked or pushed into certain jobs or certain situations or whatever, whatever, right? That that aren't necessarily what we want and that are in our best interests. 
Mm. And that was quite powerful because, you know, when you think about it, you got to think about ahead of where you are today or tomorrow and think about, right, where do I want to be down the road there? Like, how does that look? You know, and the, the visualization of that and then figuring out, you know, what are the things to get there? And then, and then, you know, by doing that, you'll then be able to tell a story later mm-hmm. on to someone about your journey that then can help you again, whether it's a partnership, a business dealing, uh, an investment, um, a relationship, like whatever. But you'll be able to tell the story that you want to tell about your life journey, that how you've got there, and it's going to be better. It's going to be the way your story should be and not the way someone else wants it to be. Yeah. So it's good advice. It's, yeah. Yeah. Just ask yourself, is this thing, whatever it might be, conducive to the life that I'm trying to build? Yeah. Yeah. Being intentional, you know, with future in mind, you know, I don't know about you, but you coming out of addiction, it's like, is always in survival mode it was one moment to the next and it was very reactive and uh impulsive uh you know there's no thought no response no time for that right like and now we have the ability that we can do that we can plan ahead you know yeah be thoughtful be mindful of what we're trying to accomplish i love it next question what is the greatest challenge that you've had to face in your recovery? So many. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of, you know, what what the worst one was. Um, You know, I mean, I've got two answers here, right? So, so you know, one is sort of like uh, relationships because y- you can end up destroying relationships. Um, so that's that's one. But I think, I think the biggest is, um, you know, I really lost uh, uh, basically everything um, through the process over time. Um, you know, relationships, business, income. Um, you know, wrecked my financials, wrecked my credit score, like you name it, destroyed. Um, you know, I had legal trouble troubles that honestly were horrendous to to kind of try to overcome all of that. Um, you know, it's just difficult. You know, I I think the whole system in general in that regard and and the justice system and jail system and everything like that is just an absolute disaster and it just makes people's lives unnecessarily hard um these people are not bad people necessarily yes there are some really bad people out there okay so don't don't get this the wrong way but there are people that don't deserve to be punished in that way um and they may have found a bad path they may have you know engaged in the wrong groups of people but every time right Every time I hear a story from one of these these people, there's there's the same underlying thing that got them in that situation. You know what it is? Lost. Mm-hmm. They've lost something in their life. And actually, 
when I looked at my situation, that's what it was for me. It was multiple losses, jobs, just this, this thing that I thought I I had and people, and it was just a bunch of losses, right. Without getting into detail, but every time I'd spoken to someone like that, you know, that had been through that problem, that, that punishment, they, every time I, I said to them, every time I asked them a question, what, what, what happened? Like, how did this happen? And every time they said it was either they lost a, a parent or they lost like something or they, you know, weird, very interesting, you know, um, even this, this, this one guy, he, you know, he was, his life dream was to be, um, in the, in the, in the, um, Navy SEALs, right? Life dream. He went super fit guy, right? Just phenomenally strong, like so uh, mentally uh, focused and just strong. You know what I mean, right? Just, just right. kind of one of those guys, hardcore. And you know, he failed because he had basically broken his arm. He had pins in his arm, and and one of the tests they do for the Navy SEALs is overarm pull-ups, and he can't do them. Right, he can do about a million of these or whatever, but because his army couldn't twist it, and literally wow. because of that one thing, he failed. Right, they wouldn't let him through. Wow, and and that was enough. And bear in mind, this is a guy who's wanting to like serve his country, right? And because of that, he then made a decision that he was going to go and just boost cars, right, and just stuff like that. So you can see how, because he lost that, which was a good thing, he's now engaging in these bad things. But that's not who he is. And and so to me, mm. I don't really know where I was going with that, but I think it just needs to be It's a good said. illustration, though. It's a good illustration. It is. Though. It is, yeah. you know. And, and so, yeah. Wow. That's People crazy. lose things, and it can, it can cause a, a big, uh, cause you to go down the wrong path. So you're not, what I'm getting out of this is that you're not even going to try to put them in tears or, you know, one was harder than the other, just that there's a series of challenges that needed to be faced in your recovery. Gotcha. Next question. What is your greatest success? (laughs) Me and you, Jason. Um, (laughs) I think, uh, uh, oh man, you really. I, I should have prepared for this. So I, I would say <laughs> I like it better like this when you really have to oh I can hear the wheels turning. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Um heavy questions, to... man. That's the point. We wanna yeah. You know, I think um it's it's I think it's gonna be um I don't know if you're going to like this answer. I think it's um, it's not necessarily a thing, right? That's what I'm thinking of, right? It's not like, oh, I won this competition, right? right? I think the success is um, how I've how I've uh, driven the my my career basically. Uh, even in the face of like every possible hurdle and i'm not looking for any sympathy here i created it it's my fault you know that a lot of these things happened but at the end of the day i think the successes have been that 
multiple along that path. And I think I've been able to um, perform very well for a number of, you know, these great companies and, and learn a ton along the way and mentor and help a lot of people as well along the way. That's a big thing that, that makes me kind of proud. You know, I see that, you know, guys and girls that, uh, you know, I work with that were kind of like um, doing some of the sales work that we call it business development stuff. You know, I took them under my wing and, and kind of like shared what I knew and they went on to now some of them are VPs of sales at big companies like Salesforce and stuff. So that's amazing. You know, I just think the journey in general in terms of that and then having to, as I mentioned earlier, Jason, about, you know, how that DUI situation got me into a place where I wasn't really employable. So I had to go and start my own business. And I started this consulting business and was able to get that from zero to a pretty you know, amazing number very quickly. Um, you know, and then from there I got out of that and 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 I started over it. And and this has been a completely different experience again. But the the success for me is that over the years I've been able to develop a level of understanding and experience by doing it that has enabled me to 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 have the courage and and confidence and ability to go out and do what i'm doing with over it you know this we're in a space that i don't i haven't done before i i you know my background is business to business um you know company to company type of, of sales and building out sales teams it's not in building mobile apps it's not in healthcare business um per se so this is a lot of new elements but I think the success for me is when I look at how I'm able to navigate these new territories, not be afraid, just go for it. And, and, you know, what, what's amazing is if you go for it, you find that people are willing to help. Uh, I've been kind of like amazed uh, at the level of like advice and guidance that people, if you ask in the right way, if you engage in the right way, you'll find that most of the time, People are willing to give you good help, good advice, connect you with people. And, and that to me is is phenomenal. And I think you can't put a price on that. And I've been really yeah. amazed at that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I know that wasn't exactly one thing, but it kind of no, is. No, it's good. <laughs> it's good because it's perseverance. All I'm hearing, I just keep thinking of the word perseverance because through everything, I mean, even once you, you know, obviously like people hear perseverance, they maybe think more of like how you went from like being unemployable to, you know, uh, back in the workforce and, and thriving like that, that would be what somebody would think of, but it's also, uh, having the courage to leave a current job to start a business or to launch an app, which is completely uncharted territory, you know, to step outside of your comfort zone, uh, you know, all the way out to that outside bubble, the growth zone, which is past the uncomfortable and, you know, the vulnerable, like it's like the fucking epitome of, Yep, we're just going to go, it's going to be an adventure, you know, and having the balls to do that and letting, 
you know, letting yourself be seen during that process so that people have the opportunity. Because closed mouths don't get fed. You could have walked around and tried to fake it like you knew what the fuck you were doing. And you probably would have fell flat on your face, but people were able to come alongside you because you walked that in an authentic way. And, and I have no doubt. I mean, Ober, it's pretty new, uh, but... I have no doubt that you guys are going to be able to reach so many people with it, with the app, with the program. It's, it's a really well put together and you guys are awesome. I just think it, I, I wish you nothing but the best. I really believe that it's going to soar. So next question was this one's kind of like the heaviest one and then we'll end it with a fun one. We're almost done. I promise. Uh, what is something that you haven't forgiven yourself or someone else for? And I only asked the question because it's kind of instructive, right? It's It shows that no matter how well somebody's doing or, you know, how much of a rock star they are or whatever, that, you know, we all have our shit and, and we all have stuff that, you know, we might use our tools and work through it, but it might resurface or, you know, like there's always the next thing to work on. And so we're all facing something. Yeah. Um, I think, um, Again, like I'm not, I'm not doing a good job of like zoning in on individual things. I've noticed um, it's more broad. I, even with this answer, I'm going broad again. I'm probably driving <laughs> nuts. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think it's just a series of things. Um, and you know what? There's, there's actually, um, there's probably a bunch of things that happened you know when i was at my kind of in my peak moments of being like all you know screwed up things i said and did and that i don't i don't even know um that were probably horrendous and so yeah dude i try not to even go there because if i try to even if i even try to think of that i'm gonna get into like the foggy parts and you know the the parts that make you go geez like what did God only knows what I could have been. Dude, and then yeah. once I enter that gray area shit, then I'm thinking worst case scenario. Now I'm making up stories. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking the worst. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh it's 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 really yeah, it's that kind of stuff. So just you know, things that the harsh things, because I can be harsh with, right. with my words, like really harsh, and that's really just it's a defense thing from being the youngest kid and and that was the only way I could really defend myself when you know I was kind of mm-hmm. my brothers were being dicks or you know my mother or whatever right it's just so I kind of developed that of like okay well the only way the only way to like basically get them to back off is if I hit them with the harshest words possible right and unfortunately yeah. that's just stuck with me into my kind of adult life and people cannot most people find it like incredibly jarring and i don't know if you ever watched that movie tropic thunder with uh um, yeah with les grossman fucking hilarious and like when you know that 
moment when he gets on the phone with those guys flaming dragon and and he's like and he's like okay listen up flaming dragon and he like he just he goes for them right he just tells them like (laughs) (laughs) um yeah like that kind of thing just that brutal and and you see them kind of like you know go like yeah shocked but it works right it backs them off but you know (laughs) i think the too much of that um type of thing and and just uh i would say like yeah like you i try not to think about that too much nowadays but you just you know look all we can do is you got to like i think everyone carries something around but at the end of the day it's about how you act today tomorrow what what am i doing moving forward right being dependable and, and and all those things right and yeah yeah, and, I, and and my prayer for you, brother, is that you know if you if if some of that stuff does linger, kind of you know come to mind quite a bit, that you know one day you'll get to the point where you you can completely let it go and just forgive yourself for that stuff because it's what's done is done, and what do they say? You know, we can't we can't no amount of obsessing about the past can do any, a thing to change it and know about a worry about the future is going to do any good. It's the actions I take right now that are going to change my life moving forward. Right. And that's the key. That's where we want to be. Or another way to say it is if I got one foot in yesterday and I got one foot in tomorrow, then I'm pissing all over today. <laughs> Yeah, right. Because I'm a visual guy, so that's a good picture for me. (laughs) For sure. You don't want to piss on today, bro. Just stay in it. Stay in today. Uh, All right. Last but certainly not least, probably my favorite. uh, What is a song, Will, that symbolizes recovery to you, reminds you of your journey? Yeah, this. There's quite a few. but you want one, right? I'm yeah, not going to yeah. be annoying. I'm not going to be annoying on this answer, surely. <laughs> um, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, there was one. <clears throat> so I'm, kind of, so I'm kind of into like, um, uh, like deep house kind of music stuff like that. Um, and there's a there's a label um, called uh, Anjuna Deep, um, and uh, they released this song it was called uh i think it's called come together um and it's um i think it's by marsh and um someone else um i'll look it up but they um yeah send me the link and i'll put it in the show notes you don't yeah, have to do that right now, like later. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you because um, it's, you know, it's really cool. It's got this, I forget his name, but the guy, it's got a guy who kind of says a few things. He's, uh, and he's sort of a thought leader from many years ago. Um, and it's pretty impactful. And he's really talking about like um, being mindful and being in the moment and stuff. I- I'll send it to you and you know listen to it it's really cool it's just got this great beat and and everything it's just i don't know not to me it was something i mean i had my spotify playlist was really got me through like you know we're kind of laughing here but you know when i was really deep in it right 
um, at the beginning, you know, one of the things that I, I was running massive distances, like, you know, eight mile run would be very, very standard. And I'm not a huge runner, you know, even though I played sports, like I'm six foot one, I'm like 200 pounds or something. So I'm not exactly built for running right on hard surfaces. Um, but like I got up to this, you know, I, I, and then I ended up running like one day I, I ended up doing like 22 miles or something. And, you know, I'd run <sighs> probably, yeah, it's horrific. But at the time, at the time I needed it and it was just a way of like being outdoors, reconnecting with nature. And, uh, and I would listen to these, these, these tracks and they just got me through. One of my friends is a, is a DJ called Christoph. And he does, you know, house music. He does all the big events now. He's coming to the U.S. now, and he's he's amazing. He's, you know, he used to like play music. You know, he used to have his decks, his Technics Mark II's set up in 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 our, you know, college and stuff. He was one of the guys, one of my college group, and he's doing amazing now. He's under Eric Prids's label, you know, just awesome. amazing. So I listen to his stuff, and yeah, music is so powerful, and it is. Um, it, it's, it's a big like, reason why. I wrote the question man because it's healing and it's therapeutic and it can help you in so many different ways you know what i mean yeah it, it so can it's help come to, it's, it's called come together and it's by nox van and marsh so n-o-x space v-a-h-n and marsh and it's on Anjuna Deep. And it's, uh, yeah, just search for that. Search for Come Together, Knox, Vaughn, or Marsh, whatever. And, and it'll right you'll see it. And just, dude, just listen to that and then text me later on and tell me what you think. I think Absolutely, dude. I'll check it out in the car right on the way to this funeral I'm going to go to here in a minute. Yeah. Um, dude, thanks for being here, Will, for real. it's a, It's been a pleasure and really fun to pick your brain and get to know your story you know on a way deeper level i learned a lot about you today so thank you for that uh you guys out there listening if you stuck with us this long we appreciate your ears and thank you very much uh make sure that you check out the way out playlist it's exclusively on spotify it's a curated list of songs that represent recovery to all our amazing guests uh i will have will's pick added here shortly probably today uh to the list even though his episode won't drop for weeks see i wonder what if people actually follow that playlist what they think when they're like oh another song came on like i wonder whose song that is because you know i put this thing together way before the episodes get dropped um oh, i see right yeah well at least with my interviews i should say it's Charles is, I don't know until he releases them because I just look in the show notes and then I add the song. So that's not 100% right. true. But anyway, I digress. Uh, we appreciate your ears. Thanks for being with us today, everybody. And yeah, just uh, remember, take care of yourselves and each other. We are out of here. Have a blessed week. Say bye, Will. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to have me on here. And uh, yeah, I'll see you on Monday, I hope. At it is super fun. I'm actually I'm speaking at a treatment center tomorrow night, so I won't even be anywhere. I'll be up in Grand Rapids three hours north of here. My friend's going to treatment there. It should be a good time. So you yeah, want it? Yeah, nice. Well, 
he wanted me up there. He's like, I want you to meet them and tell them your story. I was like, all right, dude. So I requested yeah. work off to go speak at a treatment center. <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, that's all good stuff. You guys have a great week. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to the Way Out podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.